When the Romans first came to northern Scotland in the 1st century AD, they found the highlands occupied by fierce, tattooed, covered tribes they called the Picts, or painted people. From the carved standing stones still found in the region around Loch Ness, it is clear the Picts were fascinated by animals, and careful to render them with great fidelity. All the animals depicted on the Picts stones are lifelike and easily recognisable. All but one. The exception is a strange beast with an elongated beak or muzzle, a head locket or spout, and flippers instead of feet. Described by some scholars as a swimming elephant, the beast is the earliest known evidence for an idea that has held sway in the Scottish Highlands for at least 1,500 years. That Loch Ness is home to a mysterious aquatic animal. Chilling thrills, unexplained mysteries, and creepy stories that actually occurred. Welcome to Freakier Than Fiction. I'm your host Chad, and each episode together we will dive into the world of the unknown. So, if that kind of thing interests you, and you haven't done this already, hit that follow or subscribe button, and that way you won't miss the next freaky episode. As this podcast is intended for mature audiences, discretion is advised. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at stories all to do with the Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster, or more affectionately known as Nessie, is a creature in Scottish folklore that is said to inhabit the Loch Ness in the Scottish Highlands. It is often described as a large, long-necked creature and with one or more humps protruding from the water. Popular interest and belief in the creature has varied since it was brought to worldwide attention in 1933, and evidence of its existence is antidotal, with a number of disputed photographs and sonar readings. Over the years, the obsessive search for a long-necked dinosaur-looking aquatic creature has turned up only doctored photographs, murky water, and movie props. Reports of a monster inhabiting Loch Ness date back to ancient times, Notably, as described before, local stone carvings by the Picts describe a mysterious beast with flippers. The first written account appears in a biography of St. Columbia from 565 AD. According to that work, the monster bit a swimmer and was prepared to attack another man when Columbia intervened, ordering the beast to go back. It obeyed and over the centuries only occasional sightings were reported. Many of these alleged encounters seemed inspired by Scottish folklore which abounds with mythical water creatures. In 1933, a well-known businessman and his wife were driving along the north shore of Loch Ness when they witnessed a tremendous upheaval in the water. Upon stopping, they noticed an enormous creature with a body resembling a whale, sending out waves that were big enough to have been sent out by a passing steamer. Stunned, the couple waited around almost half an hour in the hope that the monster, 
if such it was, would come to the surface again. It didn't, but the modern legend of the Loch Ness Monster was born. Witnesses tend to describe an animal with sleek, rubbery, blackish-grey skin about 20 feet long. Nessie usually has the serpentine body that is typical for sea serpents and lake monsters, furnished with humps along its length, and one or more set of paddles, or sometimes stumpy legs. Nessie's head is often described as roughly horse-shaped, it may have a straggly mane running down its neck, and some witnesses report small horns or a crest, especially those who see the Loch Ness Monster from close up. Sometimes witnesses report a smaller, rounded, turtle-like head. This head is the one that seems to appear most of the famous Nessie photographs. When Loch Ness Monster mania erupted in the 1930s, several biologists took their turn surveying the loch in hopes of finding a more plausible explanation. At that time, it wasn't thought that grey seals actually lived in the loch due to the fresh water and extreme cold water temperatures. But several scientists pinned monster sightings on these salmon-following mammals. As it turned out, in 1985, they were proven correct in the assumption that seals could be found in the Loch Ness in the summer months due to the pursuit of their prey. By the 1960s, telephoto lens cameras with 16 and 35mm film became the main means in which to study the loch. A 1960 film captured something originally thought to be unidentifiable, but recent analysis with image sharpening revealed that it was probably a blurry boat. In the summer of that year, a joint Cambridge and Oxford expedition set up cameras to keep a large portion of the lock under constant observation. All of their 19 sightings were wake from boats or long-necked birds searching for fish. A 1961 BYU study used cameras and echo-sounding equipment. They too found no large unknown animals. There have been over 85 theories of what the Loch Ness Monster is, ranging from windslicks, reflections, plant debris and boat wakes to the zoological implausible such as anacondas, killer whales and the ocean sunfish and to the frankly bonkers like ghost dinosaurs. The people who came up with these theories were not necessarily that familiar with the lock. Many early suggestions by foreign zoologists implied they thought the lock was salt water, which explains suggestions of sunfishes, whales, sharks, and rays. Some theories have been reinvented independently, showing the resourcefulness of each generation of Nessie inventors. For example, the idea that the Loch Ness Monster was originally a swimming elephant from a visiting circus resurfaced three times. In 1934, 
1979 and 2005. Each time the person claimed the idea was original. In reality, the Loch Ness Monster has multiple identities. It may not be a walrus, moose, camel or visiting extraterrestrials as some have suggested, but could be a myriad of anthropogenic, which is boats, wakes or debris, and natural, like animals, vegetation mats, or physical phenomena like wind effects and reflections. The Loch Ness Monster can be varied in colour from pink to black. It can be matte or glossy, furry or scaly, it can have humps and manes, it can have horns and travel at great speed or not move at all. No one identity captures the variety of Nessie's reported features. This suggests that Nessie is a function of human psychology rather than nature, and perhaps it is human psychology rather than nature that has sustained the idea of Nessie since the 1930s. Many tourists travel to the lock in scores to see if they might catch a sighting of the monster. The elusive Loch Ness monster can be considered extraordinary due to the fact that evidence on it being real is minimal, but many believe there might be something hiding in the depths of the Loch Ness. There is evidence on both sides of the belief. No real proof has ever been found to show that the Loch Ness Monster is real. Many doubters say that the reported sightings of the monster are obstructed objects or other sea life. Only a few pictures have been taken and none are clear enough to prove there actually is a monster. Eyewitness testimonies are the only so-called proof that anyone has to say there actually is a monster in the lock. The most infamous photo of the Loch Ness Monster came from a London-based doctor. It later turned out that while the doctor's status made the photo credible, it turns out that the picture was falsified. Recently, scientists claim to have found a plausible theory for sightings of the Loch Ness Monster. She's not an aquatic reptile left over from the Jurassic era or a circus elephant that got in the water to bathe with her trunk aloft. If Nessie ever existed at all, she was most likely a giant eel according to new scientific survey of the loch. The study detected over 500 meters of individual organisms and 3,000 species. According to the University of Otago in New Zealand, who led the study, there is no DNA sequence matches for shark, catfish or sturgeon. So that rules out a large exotic fish in the loch. There are DNA matches for various land-living species that you would expect to see around the Loch Ness, including badgers, deer, rabbits, voles and different birds. Sheep, cattles and dogs appear on the record alongside humans too. This suggests that the sampling is pretty good at picking up species that would only rarely visit the water, so it should be able to detect a monster living permanently in the loch. The most popular representation of Nessie is a plesiosaur, 
an ancient long-necked marine reptile that died out alongside the dinosaurs in the great mass extinction 65 million years ago. The most likely candidate for Nessie that has surfaced in media reporting of the research is a giant eel. This appears to be based simply on the fact that eel DNA was detected at pretty much every location sampled in the Loch Ness. Plenty of eel DNA doesn't confirm that Nessie is a giant eel, only that there is a lot of eels. Of course, scientists don't have monster DNA to compare with anything they've found in the lock, and so no one can say for sure if there is or isn't a monster there. But the absence of anything unusual in the DNA record of Loch Ness suggests there is nothing to get excited about, and that includes a giant eel. There have been many reports of monsters and other large creatures throughout the lochs in Scotland, but Nessie is by far the most famous of the monsters. The high number of reported sightings could be the reason behind the belief. If anything, the wide popularity of the legend is the reason why people still believe it might be out there. The prehistoric monster of Loch Ness is a popular extraordinary belief around the world, and people come from all over to the Scottish Highlands in hopes of catching a sighting of Nessie. Whilst there is no scientific evidence to prove that it actually exists, it is still a wildly held belief that it is real. Thank you so much for listening to the Freakier Than Fiction podcast. If you got something out of today's episode and you haven't done this already, then hit that follow or subscribe button and that way you won't miss the next freaky installment. And I'd love your feedback as it will really let me know what you think about this episode and other ones that you may have already heard. So please take the time to leave a review and tell me what you'd like to cover in upcoming episodes. If you want to get in touch, you can find a Linktree account in the description of this episode that has all the links to my social media accounts, including Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and YouTube. I make sure to read all my direct messages and answer them personally. So if I see you on Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, or anywhere else, just know that I really appreciate all the support. But until next time, take care out there, and be aware. See you in the next episode.